This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Rocks to Roots podcast, conservation conversations from the backyard to the back 40, presented by the Spokane Conservation District. And I am your host, Hillary, and I'm joined by my friend, Brennan. How are you doing, Brennan? I am doing amazing. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Yeah, the weather is beautiful, and (laughs) I'm going to be able to go out there and get some more rounds of golf in before it gets too cold. I hope so. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I'll be able to, as I've mentioned multiple times, be able to keep on running outside as long as possible in shorts and t-shirts and and stay relatively warm and i just hope we can continue this nice weather throughout just the rest of the year let's just, let's stay at a nice 60 degrees for the rest of the year i'll, I'll take that yeah i agree <laughs> i will say though if you if the weather does seem to change and you get to you need to cozy up inside i just watched two really cool movies on netflix mm. the first one is called kiss the ground mm. and it is a fascinating movie all about um, climate change right now and um, what we can do as consumers to help regenerate the planet. So definitely one you need to watch. Like, is this more like a documentary? Yes, it okay. is a documentary. Nice. Yep. Yeah, they interview um, different farmers and, you know, just various re- researchers and agronomists and all that good stuff. Woody Harrelson um, commentates it. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah. awesome. That sounds... I mean, I love a good doc and that seems very relevant to uh, conservation. So, (laughs) And then the other one, maybe you've seen it, I'm not sure, but is the octopus teacher. (laughs) Have you heard of it? No, I have not heard of it. I mean, I have heard of it. I've been told to watch it from someone else on another podcast that I host. And so they mentioned how amazing and just magical and how just a different type of documentary and that it is just such an interesting piece about this this person who goes and I don't know if they fall in love with an octopus maybe you that's they, what everybody thinks but no they no. don't fall in love with the octopus um I would say that viewers probably fall in love with the octopus more than the guy um but no he just follows it and starts researching um the octopus and it's just fascinating I just didn't know how cool octopuses were, and it's just, it also just has a really great underlying life message mm. as well. So all the tingles, all the feel-goods, all that. Did you cry? Oh, I yes. I, cry, I mean, I cry at, like, a lot of things. <laughs> right. I'm just a happy crier. But, um, yeah, both of those, Kiss the Ground and The Octopus Teacher. Definitely, um, if it's a rainy day, cozy up and watch both of those. Well, we're bound to have those coming <laughs> up very soon. But uh, but our guest today, Lisette Alent, I said that right? I believe it's Lisette Allent, but you were close. <laughs> I, I mean, I and I just I've said it multiple times today, and I should I should have done, been able to do that. But uh, the executive director from the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association was here to talk with us today, and she was amazing. Um, but why don't you talk about more about what she's 
here to talk about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, speaking of warm, fuzzy, good feelings, we got to talk to Lisette about all of the great work that they're doing over at the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association. Um, they just recently are have been involved with a program called Farmers to Families Food Box Program facilitated by the USDA, where they have been delivering 30 pound boxes of food that is locally sourced from local farmers to families in our communities that need these emergency boxes completely free of charge. And then we also just kind of talked about, yeah, the whole coming of the in the Northwest Farmers Market Association Mm -hmm. and how they're funded and also some fun ways that we as as Uh, Spokane County residents can get involved with them. Yeah, and how our kids can get involved through their their kernel program but that's mm-hmm. currently on hold but there's some work some things in the works to have it be virtual mm-hmm. there was just a lot packed into this episode that i was just like i she kept on telling us more and more about what they're doing and how they're helping the community and how they're supporting farmers in our community and you mentioned the farmer uh, farmers of families food box program and she gives us a, this how many boxes and how many pounds of food that they were able to distribute this spring and summer and the number is astounding and it's just a necessary program that needs to be in our area and she talks a lot about how us as a community here in Spokane can help support that listen for that and make sure you go and follow them on the social medias and they we talk about that as well but Mm -hmm. yeah very important stuff that we cover in this episode so yeah, let's go ahead and let's get into it. This is Lisette Allen with Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Today we are talking to Lisette Allen of the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association. Thank you so much for being here, Lisette. How's your day today? Great, Hillary. Thank you for having me. How's your day? It's been good, but probably just not as busy as your day. You just seem like you have been running crazy lately with the Farmers to Families food box and um, just everything else going on with the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association. So we're super grateful to have you here and take some time out of your day to talk to us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So can go ahead and just let's start and talk about the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association and how did that organization come about? Yes, well, the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is committed to supporting and sustaining our local farmers markets and the farmers within this greater Spokane area. So we were organized in early 2017 by three founding farmers markets within Spokane that were organized for the purpose of grant writing and fundraising for the farmers markets. So our markets were having a lot of trouble getting sustainable funding and once the markets didn't have that sustainable funding they were oftentimes closing and when the markets closed it was leaving in its wake a devastating repercussion on the local food system as well as economic repercussions for the local industries so we started the 501c3 as a way to be able to apply for grants 
and accept those and administer them. So I come from a grant writing, a contract writing background. And so through a common connection with Rob Allen, our board president, we started the 501c3. And since then, we have hit the ground running. We now have 10 farmers markets that belong to our association. So eight of those are in Spokane County and two are in Stevens County. And we are growing by about two to three markets per year. So we provide fresh food access and education programs at the markets, in addition to our grant writing support that helps sustain the markets and their farmers. Wow, that's wonderful. And so you said you come from a grant writing background. So how did you first get involved with the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association? And what is your current role? Yes. So I first became involved. I was actually working with Rob Allen, our co-founder and board president. I was working with him as he was starting the Fairwood Farmers Market in North Spokane. And he was really wanting a farmers market that emulated the wonderful feel and community vibe of the South Perry Farmers Market on the South Hill. So it was through there as he was trying to secure grant funding. He had already known me through his business for a shoulder pulley device company. He said, hey, I know Lisette. I know she knows how to write grant applications. Let's see what she can make happen for both our market and a couple of other markets in Spokane. So the Spokane market in Liberty Lake and South Perry. And it was quite quickly off the bat, we realized that we weren't going to get very far unless we had a 501c3 tax status in order to be eligible for grant funding from the government or from private foundations as well. So we started up the, the 501c3 and I was the grant writer for the first year. It was the only staff member up until about May of 2020. And so now I'm, I'm the executive director and we have a team of seven staff. So we have grown quite quickly. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful to hear about that growth and how quickly it's came about. So what really kind of is like that process of being able to obtain and be a 501c3? What is that process yes. like? Yes, so it is a little bit different depending on what type of a, a corporate structure you are. So we had first started out in forming as a business with the state of Washington as a corporation, a C corporation, and then we proceeded to working with the state of Washington and getting deemed a nonprofit organization by the state of Washington. So mm-hmm. once we had that status, we were able to move forward in completing a 1023 easy form with the IRS. So once we had that submitted and our amazing operations manager, who's now our operations manager, Lindsay Clemmer, got all of that paperwork turned in and it was within one week that we were granted our C3 status, which is actually incredibly rare and profound, but in just speaking to how well organized everyone was and getting the materials in and the incredible job Lindsay did in getting everything submitted correctly, it was quite profound. But yeah, so it's working through multiple levels of state and federal approval in order to get that. (laughs) Okay. Wow. And that's great that it happened in one week for you guys. (laughs) So what would you say is the main mission for the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association? The main mission is to help the farmer and to help the family. So we're really committed to keeping farmers on the land, keeping them working and having a successful business and feeding our community. And then the second part of that is helping the local families, especially our families in need. 
And I know that there's just also so much community between farmers that are participating in the same farmers markets. And why is that so important to promote that connectivity between farmers as well? Absolutely. So our, as you said, the farmers have such a rich network of collaboration and community at the market. And it's been so beautiful to see, especially this year in 2020, since the COVID pandemic, that once they have that connection with one another, they form this safety net of support services and are there for one another. It's not unusual for our farmers at Seltha Markets to be one person or one family deep. So in certain instances, that one person who is running the farm is also the person that's running the booth at the farmer's market. Sometimes they may get in a car accident or have an injury or just something happens. And when that happens, they aren't able to be at the market and sometimes the farm fails. So we have definitely seen that through the community of support from the other vendors, another vendor will step in for the day because they know, they may know Jared who runs that, you know, the peach orchard and be able to step in and run his booth for him that day. And he knows he can trust them because he's been vending alongside them five days a week for years on end. And he knows he can trust his his charts and accounts with them and know that they will get his crops sold in the, the manner in which he desires. And so that's incredible to see. And also just for, for the networking and resources, someone might need a truck, you know, refrigerator truck and the other one will have one, or one might need an extra helper and one's daughter is just finishing up college and looking for part-time work. So in really celebrating community and the age old adage of the farmers of helping helping thy neighbor and helping one another out it's incredible to see in the farmer's market well and that's so important too and I think that's something that um, maybe a lot of people don't think about with these farmers is that sometimes it really is a one-person operation and it's very emotional it's very stressful so yeah having that community of farmers to have your back and step in if you need to and learn from each other yeah that all is just wonderful So how could a local farmer or producer get involved with the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association? Yes, so they can go to our website. It's inwfma.org. And on our website, we have a list of all of our farmers markets along with their contact information and a link to their vendor application. So they can find one near them and find out how to get started as a farmer vendor in our markets. And I'm assuming that um, you ca- they you kind of match up the location of the farm with the location of where that farmer's market is. Is that kind of how it works? And and can farmers or and producers can they be a part of multiple farmers markets or? Yes, absolutely. Great question. So yes, so the farmers are can apply to sell at any of our farmers markets. A lot of them do travel quite a distance in order to sell at the markets. And they can absolutely sell at multiple markets. And we see that pretty frequently that the average vendor sells at about two to three markets. Mm. So what would you say makes in the Northwest Farmers Market stand out from other market organizations? Yes. Well, I'd have to say the first way in which we stand out is in that we are an advocate and that we raise funds directly for the farmers markets operations as well as the operations of the farmers. So I don't know of any other farmers market associations throughout 
the community that are doing that. Some will provide indirect support and that they will, you know, apply for grants that will afford staff or programs, but able to actually generate money. That means we are cutting a check to the farmer's market so that they can stay in operation. That has been very unique, and our markets have expressed to us that that's the reason why they're able to continue to operate and sustain to this day. And then the second way is in which we can um, network with one another. So our markets, market managers are all very close with one another. We are proud to be able to offer that ability and helping facilitate those connections and getting together, whether it's over Zoom or in person when we can and leaning on one another. It's a very close network of market managers as well that are there to support one another. So what are the, you said you have eight markets in Spokane County and two in Stevens. What are the eight here in Spokane County? Correct. Let's see. So we have in Spokane County, we have the Fairwood Farmers Market in North Spokane, the Hilliard Farmers Market, Emerson Garfield in the West Central neighborhood, Spokane Farmers Market, Liberty Lake Farmers Market, Millwood, Spokane Valley, and I know I'm forgetting. And sorry, I just put you on the spot with that no, one. No, <laughs> that's okay. I should have printed them off. I think the last one I was forgetting was South Perry. If you want, I could write them down. Oh, Do yeah. Read nope. them off. Like, I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> no, I apologize. I know I always like listen them off the top of my head. I'm like, I know I'm forgetting one. And no, hey, you that- think it would be the same one every time. It's unfortunately not, but it's. <laughs> No favoritism in any way. <laughs> so is so. are there any plans to, and you have the two in Stevens County, Correct. but is there any plans to expand the association and there's, get some more markets under your belt? There sure are, yes. Okay. So so we are looking to, to expand immediately within the Spokane area and including the Kendall Yards Farmer's Market in the near future, oh, which would be awesome. wonderful. Okay. And then also in expanding throughout the, the greater inland northwest area into North Idaho, including our friends over in Hayden, Post Falls, and Coeur d'Alene, Rathdrum, and even up to Sandpoint, and then including um, more southeast Washington in the Palouse and in the Moscow area of Idaho, and then expanding more throughout northeast Washington into Stevens, Ponderay, and Ferry counties. Wonderful. So you guys are really on the grow. We are. <laughs> we are definitely on the grow. So you, you're expanding, but like, is there an application process if someone wants to join? Are you are you seeking them out? Like, how does that how does that work? That is a great question. So the farmers markets reach out to us, and mm. we um, so if they're interested in joining our association right now, it just it's very grassroots. So it just starts out even by a phone call or an email mm. um, to me. But we are getting an application set up on our website so that the markets can actually complete the process online to get started. So yes, yeah, so they send us their information, tell us that they're interested. We do have a sliding fee based scale that was voted upon by our board of directors, and our board is comprised of at least one member. We ask for one member from each of our representative markets so that we have equal representation, a fair representation from each of the neighborhoods Mm. that we serve. So that they sign up, pay for a small fee, and in return they get generally tens of thousands or thousands of dollars for for their operations for the coming year, as well as networking opportunities throughout the region and at the state level. And 
So we have like that 10, 10 member market strong right now and quickly expanding by about two to three a season. Is grant writing something farmers markets typically need a lot of? You know it is, and unfortunately it's something that these market managers are superheroes with how much they have on their shoulders. Mm. The market managers are more than often, they are the only ones running their markets. They do have dedicated volunteers that support them, especially this last year with COVID. It's been Mm -hmm. very difficult to find volunteers, especially ones that are willing to come back week after week. So the market managers are the ones that are handling all of the the background work of the admin and the accounting and the paying the vendors and the, even the setting up and taking down the markets each day and the marketing and everything that goes into running a farmer's market that is very much year round and outside of the hours that you just see a, a farmer's market open and in operation. So in adding on the additional layer of finding grant opportunities and applying for them, let alone dealing with the reporting, the administrative requirements, after the fact has been very burdensome on the markets, although it's essential for their continued operations. Mm. So how have the farmers markets adapted since COVID? Yes, so since COVID, first began in February or when we were really starting to feel the repercussions of that here within the Inland Northwest, the farmers markets in Washington state banded together and rallied for support from Governor Inslee's office as well as the Washington State Department of Health to get our farmers markets deemed as essential businesses. Mm -hmm. And through that, we were able to come up with a common set of guidelines for our markets in order to stay within those guidelines of being an essential business and to be able to operate to this season. So some mm-hmm. of those changes for 2020 include we need to have um, a designated entrance and a designated exit at each of the farmers markets and that those entrances and exits need to be clearly defined and marked and that we have to have boundaries or caution tape around the perimeter of the market in order to try to um, block people off from just coming in through the vendor, being mm-hmm. between vendors or in areas where, you know, it's not an entrance. Mm-hmm. Sneaking in the side Exactly, sneaking uh... in the side, because it does happen, <laughs> exactly. And then at those entrances and exits, we have hand washing stations or portable hand sanitizer towers. And we also encourage um, people to wear face masks. So we have signs out at the markets too. We always have extra face masks on hand, as well as disposable gloves for patrons who come to the market. Mm-hmm. We ask for market shoppers to shop with their eyes and not with their (laughs) hands so that that way we're minimizing contact and touching of of the articles of food. Um, We also ask if you are curious about something but you really want to take a look at it or touch it to instead ask the farmer or person that's behind the other side of the booth to hold it up for you. So if you're curious about what that tomato looks like or how it compares to another, asking them to hold it up for you. Um, We also ask shoppers to use their, bring their debit and credit cards whenever possible because we do have um, most of our vendors do have square readers so they can um, slide the card directly in with minimizing contact or they can come to the market information booth and use their debit credit or EBT card as well and get tokens and that um, the intent of that is that we're reducing cash transactions and also reducing reducing the number of germs that are going back and forth on the coin and Mm -hmm. cash currencies. 
We, unfortunately, this year, in order to um, be deemed essential businesses for the farmer's markets, we had to cut about 50% of our vendors. So we weren't allowed to have the crafters, the artisans, the prepared food trucks, mm. um, and ice creams that people are, types of items that people are going to be eating there at the market, as well as the high touch items such as the condiment bottles, the barbecue sauce, those types mm. of things. Um, mm -hmm. We also had to um, say goodbye temporarily to our beloved Colonel program, the Kids Eating Right Nutrition Exercise for Life. It's a fun hands-on activity that takes place at our markets and a cornerstone of the market, unfortunately, this season with it being so high touch and in reaching a, a more vulnerable population with youth there, we had to put that on the back burner for now temporarily. So those are just a few of our changes. We're spaced out more, encouraging of the social distancing. You'll see at the markets, there's a lot of times there'll be signs or cones or, or chalk even on the ground of showing where you can line up and just encouraging that distancing. We ask for people to leave the dogs at home too, because that's just another thing that um, you know, tends to encourage folks to linger as much as we, we are all dog people ourselves too, and love mm -hmm. the dogs. And, and yeah, we're spaced out more and no sampling, unfortunately, mm -hmm. no samples. I know that's a wonderful mainstay as well as the live musicians. We can't have the musicians right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> despite all the restrictions, it's still just so great to know that these farmers still have a place to go to sell their their products and everything. I mean, right. I just, I can't imagine a world without farmer's markets. Right. That would just be, no, <laughs> it can't happen. So you just talked about Kernel for a little bit, and I know that you've had to put it on the back burner, but it is such a cool program. And I just wanted you to tell us um, a little bit more about the program and why it has just been so great and why it's so important. Yes, so the Kernel Program, so it stands for Kids Eating Right Nutrition Exercise for Life. It is a youth-oriented, <laughs> it's so fun. So it was developed by our lovely partners over at Catholic Charities Food for All, and it is a youth-oriented physical activity and healthy eating program that takes place at the farmer's markets, typically each season, but like that, unfortunately, we're able to have it this season. So each Kernel activity lasts about five to 10 minutes. It is a different topic every week that it centers on healthy eating, gardening, composting, exercise. And then in exchange for their participation, the kiddos get a $2 voucher they can then redeem at the market for a fresh fruit, vegetable, or garden mm. plant start. So it's been such a wonderful tool for getting the kids outside. A lot of times the kids are leading the parents or grandparents by the hand into the market and in bringing in families that may not have otherwise have shopped at the market or known about the market. So it's been a very effective tool and for encouraging health promotion and, uh, and awareness of, of healthy eating at a, at a young, early age. Our, um, I also love to give a shout out to our friends at the Spokane County Library District mm -hmm. because the library staff um, at many of our markets will volunteer to run the Colonel booth each week and they will deliver it um, in conjunction with their free summer reading program. So it's been beautiful to see the connection between the hands-on STEM learning activity and then they'll also do oftentimes a book reading and book distribution. So I know for one week 
week, the topic was on bees and pollination. So the mm. kids got to learn about that and see some some real life honeycombs there on the table. And then the library staff also delivered um, a reading about bees and they got to do a bee dance for their exercise and be able to take that home with oh, them. So and then they got a free book about bees as well. So it has been a wow. wonderful community connector. And we are working in the off season here in creating some kernel at home learning kits so mm. that the kiddos can continue their learning and still have hands-on STEM education at home in the off season the markets aren't going and earn their badges and kernel bucks for next year. Oh my gosh that is so cool. Um, I know that's something that we have touched on in the podcast um, in a few different episodes is just how important it really is to get those you know young kids engaged in local food and ag and just teaching them from the get-go about you know, how important it is to support Mm. local farmers and get that local food and how maybe not every vegetable is created equally. And (laughs) absolutely. And just like that, encouraging the next generation of farmers as well and farmers market shoppers. And there's one kernel activity because there's over 40 activities in total for the, yeah, the kernel curriculum. And one of the activities is a um, a bingo card, a farmer's market bingo. So the kiddos will be, have a card that's full of different fruit and veggie items and they have to go around the market and find those items. And then the farmer that's selling that item will mark off their card and tell them a little bit more about that purple potato or Mm. that zucchini. So they get to have that lively interaction with the farmer that grew that item. And for many of the kids, it might be the first time they ever saw like that, you know, purple carrots or something really fun. They get to mark it off. Then once they get a full row of bingo, they get to come back and then they get their $2 voucher as well. So from their own little shoppers. And it's been great too. And, um, you know, they learn how to budget their money and resources as well. And they can either use their voucher that same day that they earned it, or they can save it up for a bigger transaction towards the end of the season. So you'll definitely see some kiddos that save save up their kernel bucks for the end of the year for an awesome carving pumpkin in the fall or a bushel of apples. So Mm. it's been a great financial education piece as well. Very cool. So, so important. So you also have um, another program that I want to jump to called Fresh Bucks. And this is really cool because um, it deals with allowing for community members to match their SNAP and EBT purchases up to 100%. So how are you able to administer that program and what are some of the guidelines for the consumers who can use that program and take advantage of it? Yes, so the um, the Fresh Bucks program. So um, prior to 2019, the program was known as Fresh Bucks, but new for 2020, the Washington State Department of Health had rolled out a common brand name logo image um, throughout all of Washington State Farmers Markets and it's now known as Market Match and Market Match will match dollar for dollar EBT and SNAP transactions at the farmers markets for the purchase of fresh fruits and vegetables that are grown by our local farmers and vendors. So it was extravagant to see 
how the increase in the match of from 40% up to 100%, how that coincided perfectly with the timing of COVID. Because mm-hmm. we have seen so many families in our community that are newly reliant on EBT SNAP benefits as a result of becoming unemployed or underemployed. So it's been incredible to see um, how that's been able to be a saving grace in helping those families access wholesome, fresh food while also helping support our local farmers and vendors. And that's a, a big source of sales as well for our farmers and vendors that sell at the market. So the funding for the program is made possible by the USDA from the Gus Shoemaker Act. It was previously known as the Finney Program. So it's a, a grant that comes through the Washington State Department of Health and then is given locally to our regional lead program. And our regional lead in Eastern Washington is Catholic Charities of Spokane Food for All. So they are a critical partner for both Market Match and Kernel. And then from there, they are able to allocate funding to each of our farmers markets to help with that one-to-one match. And thankfully, and also regrettably, because it was so successful this year since we started the 100% match, Mm -hmm. we did end up having to put a cap on the program starting in August of a $10 transaction. So we'll match you dollar for dollar up to $10 at the farmer's markets. And so thankfully, the Department of Health has been able to come through with a lot of the funding for that match amount, but not the full amount in its totality. So that remainder had fallen on the shoulders um, of the farmers markets. And that was a quite a high, a hefty sum of how that was adding up to. So we are thankful that the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association, we were able to kick in funds to cover that cost for the farmers market so we could continue offering market match throughout the community this season. And I know that we're going to kind of talk about the farmers to families boxes in, in a little bit and just how important, um, yeah, that program w- with this program has just been so important for our community. Um, But I know that we're getting kind of close to the end of the farmer's market season. So how much time do people have still to get out to these farmer's markets? Yes, absolutely. So unfortunately, a couple of our markets have wrapped up for the season, but the rest of our markets are still going strong. So you can definitely go to our website at inwfma.org or follow us on Facebook at inwfma to find a farmer's market near you to find their days, times, hours, and locations because like that we still have quite a few going through October 31st and definitely keep following us on social media and our website because we are exploring the possibility of having a farmer's market box option year round where people can purchase a box of goods from our local farmers and vendors throughout the year and continue picking that up at the farmer's market location near them. Stay tuned for more Rocks to Roots right after this. Hey there, Rocks to Roots listeners. Are you liking this episode? Make sure you leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening on. Let us know what you think about today's subject, what we can do better, and any other thoughts you may have. Also, make sure you visit our website, rockstoroots.org, and continue the conversation with us on our Instagram and Facebook page. There, you'll be able to find additional information and resources about today's guests and the topics we discussed. Thanks for listening. 
So let's talk about the Farmers to Families food box. And so since May, I know that your organization has been involved with the United States Department of Agriculture, or in other words, USDA, that food box program. So tell us about the program and how what your organization's role was. Yes, so the USDA back in late April had announced a program that was afforded by the Coronavirus um, Act, the CARES Act, um, and from the Farm Relief Bill that allowed for funding for organizations nationwide. And it's actually a contract program where we would be sourcing food, purchasing food from local farmers and vendors, and food that had otherwise been destined for restaurants, hotels, schools, industries that had all been disrupted in their distribution channels since COVID. And in getting that food into boxes and out to the community, to families in need. So we had applied to be a contractor to that program with our partners, Share Farm and Spokane Food Fighters, back in May, and it was one week from the time of application to when we'd be notified of award, and we didn't honestly think we had much of a shot of being considered where we're still a newer nonprofit organization, and you know, we have 10, 10 markets strong and over 300 farmers and producers on our network, and surprisingly enough, we were awarded a contract for both phases one and phases two. So we just wrapped up that phase two and its extension period on September September 19th and it's been an incredible process we um, over those two phases with our partners we distributed more than 7,700 food boxes wow. and weighing oh more than 150,000 pounds which is incredible mm. and the food boxes weigh at least 20 pounds but to tell you the truth the last three weeks when we've weighed them they've actually been closer they've been 30 pounds plus with all <laughs> oh the harvest coming on so they'll have different articles of fresh fruits and vegetables pre-cooked meat dairy and last week also had eggs and sourced from our local and regional producers so it's it's been a lifeline for our farmers too and being able to have a distribution channel where they can sell their food and because our farmers were looking at the start of the season of you know with the restaurants and schools and hotels closing of having to plow under their potatoes or plow under their crops or even have to euthanize their animals because there wasn't a way to be able to get them out and that was just devastating so mm. it's been incredible and for the 12 over 1200 families in spokane county that rely upon these boxes it's been so wonderful to see and be a part of it that is just incredible i mean 30 pounds of fresh local produce for these families that you know might not have the availability to get those items and then i know that you guys also include some recipes as well in those boxes based on what's in there we sure do so i am a total foodie and i just love cooking (laughs) and recipes so we've had a lot of fun with this so in every box will include a two-sided insert and one side has a farmer spotlight so i'll have a picture and bio about one of the farmers that's in the boxes and we'll also promote them over social media telling their story and how they got started what they grow what they had in the box that Mm. week and how else people can find them if they have a farm stand or if they're otherwise at our farmers market locations then the second side is recipes that are based upon the box contents and my goal is for the recipes to never be more than five ingredients and Mm. they include the items in the box and if they include anything else it's hopefully standard staple items that they would have in their household such as cooking oil and salt and pepper so they're very straightforward 
our goal is to have one at least one of the recipes be a very kid-friendly, fun, healthy recipe that also connects the kids with healthy eating produce at a, at a young, early age. And that has been really fun playing around with the different recipes. And so how can a family, if they're interested um, in reserving a box, how can they do that? Yes, so they can go to our website, so inwfma.org, and on the upper left-hand corner, they will see a tab called Reserve a Box. So from there, they can select Reserve a Box, and they can also choose their preferred farmer's market pickup location. So we Mm -hmm. have what's called trunk-to-trunk drive-through curbside service, where you can come to a farmer's market site near you. We're usually at two to three farmers markets a week throughout Spokane County where we're distributing these food boxes and there you can pull up and we will have one of our amazing staff or volunteers put a box of food in your car and you can drive off or if you're a person that shops at the market and participates in the market match program or EBT incentive program you can also visit us while you're at the market and we hope that Folks will stop and shop if they can, or if not, if they would love to come back a future day this season or even in a a future season down the road. Mm. That was actually going to be my next question is, have you, I mean, so giving away these free boxes of food, has it kind of hindered the sales of the market or has it helped or how's you know, that gone? That is such a great question. And when we had first piloted the trunk to trunk model, we were a little concerned about that. And a couple of our market managers and the farmers were also concerned that, hey, if somebody's getting a box of apples, or, you know, produce has apples in it, are they going to want to buy apples at the market too? So um, through the pilot, we saw two really profound things. One, the program brought in people to the market that were not otherwise shopping at the market. So it actually Mm -hmm. increased sales, increased foot traffic, and Mm. increased EBT transactions. People um, on their intake form, when they complete a request for uh, to reserve a box, many of them said online that I didn't know I could shop at the farmer's market. I didn't know I could use EBT. They're now coming back week after week knowing about the Market Match program and the Food Box program. So it totally tapped into a whole new customer base that we hadn't otherwise nice. been engaging. And then the second change is that the profound impact it had on the sales at the market. So our farmers were selling out those days, which is incredible. The Emerson Garfield Farmers Market, who was our first site, our test site for the trunk to trunk, um, they actually broke their sales record that was last met in August of 2014. And here it was right during the pandemic when they have half the number of vendors they normally have and also during a wildfire smoke day. So (laughs) that was pretty profound to see that, you know, the farmers are doing well. Um, I know anecdotally, some of the EBT shoppers have told us that they found that they actually spent more at the market that day when they were um, shopping there and getting a food box, ironically enough, because they didn't feel like they had to stretch their benefits quite as far, have to worry about it getting through and covering future transactions for the week, that they knew they could have everything covered that day from combining between what they had in the food box and what else they could buy at the market between EBT and then their market match tokens. When someone shops at the market and they utilize the EBT program, do they have to spend all of that that day or... 
They do not. So each of our markets has their own unique tokens for the EBT program. So for example, South Perry will have a wooden token, a wooden nickel that will have their farmer's market name as well as the currency amount listed on the token. So if a person doesn't spend all of their tokens that day, they can definitely come back again a later day that season. Oh, that's wonderful. And for next year, we're hoping to have a common currency for the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association throughout all of our markets so that a shopper that say you know has maybe ten dollars extra in tokens remaining from Emerson Garfield a transaction that happened earlier in the season could use those at a different farmers market later in the season oh that's wonderful very cool idea I love that so I know that you threw out just like a few statistics from this Farmers to Families Food Box program, but can I want you to just go over them again. How many boxes and how many families and how many pounds again? Yes. So mm, it's staggering amounts. Yes. No, it's, it's absolutely staggering. So just from the period, a four-month period of May 15th through September 16th, we distributed more than 7,720 pound boxes of food. So weighing over 155,000 thousand pounds to over 1200 families in need in Spokane County. Wow. And so what is the current status um, of that contract with the USDA? Yes. So unfortunately, we were notified just recently that the USDA has discontinued our funding for the program. So we unfortunately are at a standstill with that program of being able to buy food from our local farmers and producers. However, we are serving as a last mile distribution partner to one of the four contractors who is approved to serve Washington for this next phase, which goes through October 31st. So we will continue to be able to offer the trunk-to-trunk curbside pickup option at our farmer's markets which is wonderful. We'll still have um, 1,200 boxes of food we'll be able to give out to the community each week to families in need. However, it won't be food from our local farmers and producers. So we are still very much in a need to rally funding and support for the future of this program if we're going to be able to continue to offer it, and especially while our farmers are just entering their prime harvest season with so many different commodities coming on right now. Mm. So not local produce anymore. I mean, that's what you guys were really focused on was local produce, local farmers. So where are they now getting the product from? Yes, so the product will be coming from primarily from the Wenatchee Chelan Valley, it sounds like. So it sounds like they're focusing on the very shelf-stable produce articles that can withstand um, transport. So your potatoes, your roots, your your carrots, onions, pears, apples. So it'll be great to see it's at least coming from Washington, oh, uh, Washington good. produce. Okay. So that's wonderful. And then um, as far as the, the meat, dairy, and eggs, I believe those are also coming from Washington, but I would have to, yeah, ask, oh, ask them okay. about that too. But no, they also have um, very near and dear to their hearts and supporting Washington agricultural producers as well. Okay, good. Well, yeah. it's good to hear that it's Washington Farms. Right. Um, So what can we do to help support your guys' efforts to continue this program? I mean, obviously, it's super important for our community. And you've touched so many families already in, you know, such a short amount of time. So what can we do to help in the Northwest Farmers Market Association continue this? 
Well, thank you. Well, there's many ways people can get involved and they can help us continue this program. So first, they can follow us on Facebook. So they can find us at INWFMA. And there they can see um, various pictures and updates about the status of the program. We also encourage people to message us and share their stories, whether they were a recipient or if they're just a concerned citizen in the community that wants to get involved. Share your story. Share why it matters matters to you, share your pictures. That would be wonderful. We also have on our website, inwfma.org, a petition letter. If you would like to sign it, we are encouraging folks to sign those so we can take that letter forward to our elected officials and policymakers. We are actually coming together with the eight other contractors who were successful. USDA Farmers to Families Food Box contractors are local and regional food hubs that unfortunately were also nixed from phase three, so statewide. So so we're coming together with them to see if there's any way at the state level or federal level we could create a new program that is responsive to our, both our community's needs for food access and security, but also for the local and regional farmers and producers as well. And of course, if you want to donate, we do have a donate link on our site. Or if you know of any corporation or foundation that's interested in possibly funding us, we could definitely use your support. So feel free to reach out to us. Well, and you guys had a really um, great uh, statistic on your website that I just want to read. And it said, one in 10 Washingtonians consistently struggle with hunger. And your Farmers to Families Food Box program delivers over 900 boxes of food to those who are food insecure. Um, I think that's really important and just, you know, definitely I mean, it helped open up my eyes to how important this is for our community and, you know, how many people really can suffer from food insecurity, especially right now with everything going on. Um, what has been the most rewarding thing for you or a moment or anything um, while doing this program? So, oh, man, there's been so many of those just amazing tearjerker moments, too, that definitely keep you inspired and fueled to keep finding a way to keep moving on but um definitely a couple that stand out to me one is when it was actually our very first trunk to trunk farmers market day where we're distributing these boxes at one of our farmers markets the emerson garfield market in in north spokane in the west central neighborhood and there was an elderly couple that had came to the market they had reserved their food box ahead of time and they came in on the sta paratransit uh, paratransit bus and while they were there, they got their food box. And I know they weren't certain at first what would be inside, but they were really excited to open it up. And they opened up the box and saw that there were over 17 different articles of fresh produce from local farmers and the, the fresh, the protein as well as the dairy. And this sweet couple literally sat on the curbside outside the market for two hours and looked through all of the contents and wrote down, the wife was writing down the menu for the week, and they were planning out what they had, what they still needed. So with the remaining items they needed on their little shopping list, they went around the market and they used the EBT program and also Market Match, and they were able to round out their full menu for the week based upon their experience at the market. And the husband came up to me a couple different times and was sharing their story, but he said how they because they are in the vulnerable population, they really don't leave the house that often or feel comfortable leaving, but how 
they do feel comfortable coming out to the farmer's market because they know that this market is especially good at being 100% um, mask compliant, wearing masks. They feel safe shopping there and that they are going to plan their future outings based upon the farmer's market, but specifically the food box program of what market we're giving boxes out to the following week. So that was so profound in seeing the impact, you know, it had on that particular couple, but also the impact on our farmers as well, that we have um, just some incredibly dedicated farmers, including vets on the farm that supply food for this program and grow it for the program. But how these farmers have, this program has saved their farm. They're telling us that between the markets and the food box program and buying the food from them, that they've been able to stay afloat and they can continue their operations and keep feeding their own families as well. I know some of our farmers have even planned on building greenhouses and having extra land, buying extra land and able to accommodate and grow more food here locally for the food box program. And so that's what's so devastating too with finding out three days before our next distribution day that the funding's been discontinued because this was really something that you know, we thought we could we could plan on or at least hope for for the next two years. And our farmers were also adjusting their operations and being able to accommodate the growing demand for, for food locally. So hopefully we can find a way to keep it going. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, listeners, you heard, let's all rally together. And you heard Lisette go to inwfma.org. And there you can sign the petition um, that they have on their website. And then there's also a link if you'd like to make a donation um, for the Farmers to Families food box. But definitely super important program. And yeah, we all want to support you and make sure that this continues. Um, Also in supporting, are there any opportunities to volunteer with your organization? Absolutely. And you can definitely like that, go to our Facebook page or our website. And we are always in need of volunteers, both at the food box distribution sites, but also at the farmer's markets. Our markets definitely rely on the work and the commitment of our volunteers in the community. And this year has been especially difficult to be able to get volunteers to come out. And I know it's a scary time, but our markets are a safe place like that. We are compliant with all of the health health code requirements. And we also, if you're someone that even wants to help us out from afar, we can use help with marketing and fundraising. Or if you're interested in joining our board, we are a nonprofit organization or just lending your gifts or talents in some way for us or joining a committee, we would absolutely welcome your involvement. We've talked a lot about the, the family's food box program. How does this support the farmers? Yes. So we purchase, so the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association, we purchase the food from the farmers. Yeah, directly. And we also, so our partner Link Foods also sources food from local and regional producers. So it's coming from very close range of where the food is being grown to where it's receiving the end users. So it's been able to be a a business operation for our farmers that they can sell their food and still generate income for for their amazing hard work.
So who are the, I know that you've mentioned a few, but who are your main partners with this program? Yes, so our main partners right now, so Link Foods has been absolutely extraordinary. So Link Foods had their own USDA Farmers to Families food box contract for phases one and two. So we were very much, although we weren't directly collaborating, we're always touching, you know, point with one another too and seeing what the other was doing, how we could support one another. So that's when we um, we had the opportunity to apply together for phase three. We definitely joined forces. So we were the only two Eastern Washington contractors. So being able to team up for phase three and be able to ensure that food is being as as locally and regionally sourced as possible, as well as sustainably grown food, that was profound. And then our partners from Vets on the Farm, Spokane Conservation District, have been absolutely essential for the program. And we, I am, I am adamant that we would not continue to this day without, as an organization, but especially the program in particular, without the involvement of the Conservation District and Vets on the Farm. So Vets on the Farm um, allows us to use. Their amazing, beautiful refrigerated truck. So they actually come to the warehouse we're working at in the Spokane Valley with their awesome truck three times a week. They help us load up the pallets, and these are a heavy pallets full of 20-pound boxes of food, onto their truck. They drive it out to our market sites. They are there, God bless them, at least two to four of them every day, the veteran farmers helping us hand out the boxes for, we're there for three, at least three hours at a time, usually closer to four hours, handing out the boxes, speaking with the family families, engaging with the farmers and vendors there. And so that has been incredible. In addition, they are also some regulars we can count on for, we can buy food from, from their amazing farm out in the Valleyford Rockford area. So it's been really neat to see that partnership forum. Um, Spokane Food Fighters has been critical for the first two phases. So Spokane Food Fighters had actually delivered the food boxes directly to individual households from their wonderfully committed volunteer drivers each week. So that was incredible. They're still a great ally of ours, although unfortunately their organization has has um, has wrapped up their services for now. And then Share Farm also for phases one and phases two were so instrumental in helping us source the food and get it boxed out for families. Oh. That's wonderful. Well, keep up the good work, Lisette. And we, I know that we've already linked um, quite a few things for the petition and for donations on our um, Rocks to Roots podcast Facebook page, but we'll make sure and keep pushing this message out because it is very important. Um, So what would you say is your favorite thing about our local food and farming community? Oh man, it's so hard to choose. I was going to say you one, just listed so many great things. So. Oh my goodness. What a tough tr- question I just asked you. <laughs> I have to say it's probably how how giving the community is. And I think it's hard to find a group that is more giving than the farmers and the ranchers, especially the small farmers, because they give in the bounty they give back to the land. They're so good in how they use the land for their farming and agricultural purposes, but also in giving to their community that when we found out, for example, that the, the funding um, had stopped from the USDA, our farmers were calling us up, and that was the most heartbreaking news, was having to share with them that we don't have a way to buy your food right now, and I know you're going right into harvest season, but so many of them said, 
that's okay, Lisette. We want to like donate this food to the, to the food box program to at least keep you going for the next week, two weeks. So that was incredible. And they are also the first ones to volunteer if they have extra food left over at the end of a market day, giving it to the food banks that will come around and collect it at the end of the day. So how giving they are and giving to each other, giving to us. So it's been incredible to be a part of just witnessing the, the beauty. And I think that's also fundamental to the resilience of our community and getting through a time like this economically and through the pandemic is being able to have that community support and making sure that those who are growing our food are being taken care of as well as they're taking care of us. Mm-hmm. Well, and that leads to my next question. You're doing such a great job at <laughs> just leading into all of my questions. <laughs> um, So I just want to hear from you. So why is it so important for consumers to support their local farmers and shop at these farmers markets? Absolutely. Well, it's so important for our consumers to support our local farmers at the farmers markets in so many different ways. So first, for the nutritional value, when you buy from your local farmer, it is the highest nutritional density. Most of the time it was picked or harvested that same day, if not the very day before. And research has shown that the, the less time it has been since an article of produce has been harvested to when you eat it, the higher the nutritional value will be. So we definitely you know encourage that nutritional density. You get such incredible flavor and variety. You can find things at the farmer's market and from our local farmers that you won't find at a typical grocery store oftentimes, and then not to mention the quality that you're getting. Also, you know that that food has been sustainably grown. So most of our farmers, even if they aren't USDA organically certified, they are following the the standards of good farming practices, and they're taking care of the earth, they're taking care of the soil, of the water resources. So making sure that they can stay in business and they can stay on the land, they can keep their family on the land and working those good practices, that's absolutely crucial. And another thing I love is from the economic development standpoint, when you purchase food at a farmer's market, that money is going directly into the hands of that local small family farmer and directly into the local community, that local neighborhood. So we're keeping 99 cents of every dollar within the immediate neighborhood. So you talk about economic development, that's one of the most profound ways that we can generate wonderful growth economically is through the farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Beautifully put. That's, it's all true. Well, wonderful. Lisette, this has been so great to just sit and talk to you. And obviously you have our support to keep this program going and the work that the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association is just beautiful and it's great for the community and you're doing good work out there. So thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you, Hillary. Thank you for all that you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I just ask oh. questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisette, um, at the end of our episode, we kind of like to do um, just kind of a little, what do I, I always call it something different, I feel like. <laughs> like I know, and I can never remember it's what like you a, call it. I call it like the Spitfire the, Round the, the, or is something. Is it called the Hot List? The Spitfire, Spitfire. I think it's like it's Spitfire, Spitfire Round, round or something like that. We need to come up with a name. I know, I do. Need to just, <laughs> I should just put a title up here. Um, but anyways, it's just a way for our listeners to just kind of get to know your personality a little sure. bit more. Um, just, you know, some basic questions. I'm not going to really put you on the hot seat or anything like that. Um, but are you, are you down to give it a go? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'll definitely give it a go. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So, at the movie, do you prefer to have candy or popcorn? Oh, popcorn with extra salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I, I can't wait to go and oh, be man. able to do my own butter at the popcorn <laughs> or at the movie theaters again. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. Probably to fly. Be able to fly. Mm. <laughs> love it. Um, what is a food that you can't live without? Oh, coffee. Oh, great answer. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. agree with that 100%. I don't know if I will ever be off the coffee. That's right. <laughs> um, what's your favorite plant or flower? Oh, man. Probably huckleberries. I am just so mm. amazed by how they grow in the wild and how resilient they are and that they seem to grow the most profoundly after a forest fire so after complete devastation mm. they come back and really? they're I didn't know that isn't that incredible I guess there's something about the nitrogen content or something is mm. increased in the soil they need that high acidity from the ashes to in order to grow or that's when they grow the best oh, and wow. that they're unique to the mm. the northwest region and of course they're so delicious and they make everything better too. Uh, yes nothing better than no. huckleberry pies that's and huckleberry right. ice cream and all that. Are you an early riser or a night owl? You know, as a teen, I was definitely more of a night owl, but as an adult, an early riser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what is your favorite dessert? Oh, man. This is probably getting back to the huckleberries, too. <laughs> um, I would probably have to say huckleberry Nanaimo bar that I had in British Columbia Ooh. as a teenager. It was so good. Is that yes. where you grew up? It is. And I, I'm from, born and raised in Spokane, but mm. we, so my family, we would go to Canada on trips fairly frequently for either for sports or for camping and just totally fell in love with, especially British Columbia and Alberta. Mm. But we got some really good food up there too. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I can't wait till we can travel again. Which leads me to my last question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, man. That's tough. It would probably be Hawaii. I absolutely mm. fell. My husband and I went to Hawaii for the first time about five years ago. And especially um, this area... Um, on Oahu, the Kailua Beach, and there was this little bird sanctuary. It was just amazing oh, cool. beach, and I swam back and forth. I love to long distance swim between this island and then the the main beach there. But it was just definitely a little piece of heaven. So, oh, very cool. Yep, I would choose Hawaii too. It's, it's, oh, and it smells so good over there, mm. and. Everybody's so nice because it's so beautiful all the time. You can't be in a bad mood in Hawaii for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Lisette, for taking your, the time out of your day mm -hmm. to um, come and be here with us. And um, again, listeners, if you'd like to support the Inland Northwest Farmers Market Association and their Farmers to Families Food Box program, make sure and head over to their website, inwfma.org and sign the petition letter. And you can also make a donation to their organization via their website so that they may continue to distribute fresh quality local food at the area farmer's markets to folks in need of those emergency boxes. Great work, Lisette, and um, we will chat with you soon. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Hillary, appreciate it. <laughs>
Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rocks to Roots. Please make sure to subscribe to our Rocks to Roots channel. And also, more importantly, please leave us a review. That's the only way we can get better.